I wasn't seeing myself represented in the movies or on the telly or with my dolls or anything like that. So I had a hard time believing in my own natural beauty at that stage. Hello, Cal friend. Welcome to this episode of the Curl Squad's Curl Power podcast. We are, what, about eight episodes in now? And I've got to say, I'm really, really loving it. I've been really, really pleased to be receiving some messages into my DMs, mostly on Instagram, at The Curl Squad. It's amazing, people that I don't even know who have come across the podcast one way or another, and they're telling me that the content is resonating. That means the world to me. That's what this is all about, is connecting and resonating and identifying and realising that we're all not so alone. And something else that's really exciting is we have got listeners now in I think it's 14 different countries not including the United Kingdom we're reaching people in the USA India Belgium Uruguay Spain Canada Malaysia United Arab Emirates Australia and then we've got Poland and Papua New Guinea as well that's incredible so hello to you wherever you are in the world I'm waving at you from my West London flat and just sending big, big love and appreciation to you for choosing to spend your time with me. Especially in this day and age, time is a precious commodity, so I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it just gives me the motivation to keep on going, even at times when I'm struggling with my spinal cord injury and thinking, oh, everything's a bit difficult. This is just really encouraging me to keep on going and giving me the motivation that I need. And you know what, this week has just been a really amazing week for seeing the beauty in humanity amongst the madness of the world. I've had some really amazing connections with some really amazing people who, some people who I've never even met who have just gone out of their way to do amazing things to help and support me in my recovery and yeah, just just bless good people. It's easy to get despondent, isn't it? But yeah, I'm just feeling super held by the universe right now and I'm very grateful to have such wonderful people in my life. In this episode, I am going to talk a little bit about my hair story. I love my hair now, but it wasn't always that way. I had a challenging relationship with my hair growing up. Now, I'm mixed race and my mum is black Caribbean and my dad is white English. And when my mum was growing up, sadly, she didn't have her mum around, her mum passed away. Um, so she never really had anyone to teach her about how to manage hair, how to do protective styling or anything like that. My hair was just very much brushed out and scraped back and put into a ponytail or a plait if we wanted to show off a bit, you know. But yeah, wash days were never enjoyable occasions. My mum was a little bit heavy handed with the comb, shall we say. So my dad took over as my hair care maintenance manager <laughs> for most of my childhood. And yeah, it was just brushed out and scraped back. A lot of my friends at school had straight, sleek hair. And I think it was around 1993. Everybody was rocking this little bob style with a little fringe. And I loved that style. I thought it looked great on my white friends and I thought yeah I'd really like this hairstyle but at the time my hair was sort of like below what would be bra strap level just yeah just big bushy hair but I still wanted this hairstyle and I would beg and beg and beg my mum and dad for them to let me get my hair cut and they would always refuse 
and I used to push and push and push until it got to a point where actually I think they were just like sick of me asking so they gave in and they took me to a hairdresser's on the high street where we lived it was a European hairdresser's and it was this little old um this little old Greek man who cut my hair because I remember him always saying to me oh yes your name is Zoe and Zoe means life in Greek and so anyway he washed my hair and then just cut it in a straight line and it looked great when it was wet nice got the bob and then uh, and then it dried it started to dry throughout the day and the the truth of the shape began to show the triangle began to emerge and yeah I basically had now a little pyramid head <laughs> a pyramid shaped hairstyle but mum and dad never let me have the fringe and I was still desperate for the fringe or bangs as you call them in the states really really wanted to complete this look now didn't I needed to have this fringe so I went into the bathroom got the nail scissors out of the bathroom cabinet curved little nail scissors pulled a little bit of hair down and I proceeded to snip just above probably what yeah just above my eyebrow and then <laughs> I didn't take into consideration shrinkage at that point shrinkage wasn't even a thing to me I didn't even re I didn't I didn't understand it so when I let go of this fringe it just sort of bounced back up onto my forehead and it just sat at the top of my head like a just like a, a gentle moustache caressing my forehead so yeah now I had a pyramid for a head with a little moustache on my forehead and I was a really really tall kid at school um much taller than the rest of the class so the school photos were a joy there's a line of everybody else and then just me in the back in the middle like really tall with this big triangular hair no wonder I had to learn to love myself <laughs> you know what I mean I wasn't exactly represented um around me I was just this big huge brown kid with this big bushy hair and I wasn't seeing myself represented in the movies or on the telly or with my dolls or anything like that. So I had a hard time believing in my own natural beauty at that stage. After that, the next thing that I wanted was to have my hair relaxed, but my mum and dad would just refuse. Yeah, I was not having my hair relaxed as long as I was living under their roof. And I'm glad about it now, but at the time, that meant that I was sort of forced to have to bond with this appearance that I really didn't want. And I wasn't able to access the way out through relaxed hair. And I was looking at everybody around me with their beautiful straight hair. And those who did have naturally curly hair had altered theirs so that it was relaxed. And I just wanted to be a part of that. One thing that really helped my journey to beginning to really appreciate my natural God-given hair was when Scary Spice came onto the scene. After the Spice Girls came out, everywhere I went, people were going, Hey, Scary Spice! <laughs> Look at Scary Spice! Hey, are you Scary Spice's sister? All of that. And... I used to pretend, oh no, stop it, I'm not scared. But secretly I was loving it. <laughs> Tell me again how much I look like Scary Spice. Yeah, it was a real good boost to my confidence when she came out. And um, it was nice to have somebody to look up to in that sense. Somebody who was just rocking their curly hair. And it was a whole part of our identity. And then somehow leopard print became part of my identity. And then we basically became the same person. And then after Scary Spice, we had 
Sister, sister. Tear and Tamira, you look like Tear and Tamira. So they have their curly hair, and I think one of them's got a beauty spot as well, and I've got a beauty spot. So people would say, hey, Tear, Tamira, whatever her name, whichever one it was, I can't quite remember. But yeah, often got that comparison. And then there was Khalees. Oh, I'm nothing like Khalees, stop it. <laughs> and Leona Lewis. Oh my gosh, one time I actually went to a club in Liverpool and somebody truly believed that I was legitimately her, even though she'd been on the X Factor that night. And I knew that as soon as I spoke, it was going to give it away. The fact that they were looking at me and couldn't see that I wasn't Leona Lewis obviously didn't matter. But I thought, if I speak, then that's going to give it away because I'm a Brummie and she's definitely not a Brummie. So I just, I used a, I was with my best mate and I was pretending that I was on vocal rest. So uh, <laughs> my friend was communicating on my behalf. But yeah, totally Leona Lewis, yeah. Oh, actually, that was the first time I got trolled as well, I remember. That just reminded me um, on MySpace when somebody sent me a DM saying, you look like an ugly version of Leona Lewis. Um, we're going to stab you. Oh, thanks, guys. But this was like before I even knew trolling was a thing, like in the early days of social media. And I was like, oh, my God, somebody wants to stab me for being an ugly version of Leona Lewis. The Internet can be a toxic place, but not forgetting how much beauty there is, too. Luckily, that's the only ever instance, really, that I've had of, of real trolling uh, yet. <laughs> Hopefully never. I'm too sensitive for that. So, yeah, by now, I'm starting to feel myself. We've got Beyonce. Boy. There with her hair and her big thighs. Yeah, we've had all of the aforementioned. So now it's like, you know, people are complimenting the curls and... And my best friend was a curly girl too, so we were going to all these clubs and we just got known on the on the sort of like the drum and bass raving scene for being these two curly haired girls. And it was part of my identity now, a part of my identity that I was embracing. Still didn't know what I was doing with my hair though. When I look back at it now, just some stringy, bleached to the hills, struggling for life, needed CPR kind of curls, bless them. Uh, but I thought they looked great. It's only when I look back now and I'm like, oh, bless the curls. Yeah, I used to have them bleached and the bleach took its toll, but I was in total denial at the time because I never really knew what the state of like my unprocessed hair was. And it was only really then with like the birth of Instagram and finding all these curly girls on Instagram, learning about products, attending events, you know, really sort of finding this community of amazing curly-haired women who were all on this journey to embrace and love themselves. And I was like, yes, I'm here for it. Only took me 30 years, but um, we got there in the end. So yeah, I'm learning how to do my hair and I'm realising that the more love and attention I'm putting into it, the more I'm getting out of it. And then I went on this real sort of militant mission of self-love when I was like, right, I'm, I'm growing out all of this bleach. Why am I just mindlessly bleaching my hair and thinking that, you know, it's better that way when actually I'm damaging the health of my natural hair for a certain aesthetic. So I decided to grow out all of the blonde um, and then I really saw the truth of my hair and it was beautiful, bouncy, glossy curls that were just serving me life after I was like, I was nurturing them like a plant and getting the rewards. And then it's like, you know, it's encouraging you. And then you're sharing your images on Instagram and curly girls are relating and you're inspiring other curly girls. And it was just a really magical process. 
and then I bleached it again. <laughs> but this time from a position of knowing and understanding of like how to look after it properly and that ultimately, you know, bleaching your hair is altering the structure of your hair, isn't it? So it's going to have an impact. Um, but not doing it mindlessly and knowing to deep condition and all the extra things to do to make sure that I'm looking after my hair and looking after the curl pattern and stuff. And I've met so many incredible people through Instagram that have just inspired me and empowered me and helped me to take greater strides into, yeah, just self-love and self-appreciation. And finally, after all these years of feeling like the ugly duckling, the odd one out, the undesirable one, the unattractive one, the the big, bushy, overgrown one. I started to believe the beauty in me because I was looking at and I was seeing the beauty in all of these amazing women and recognising that what I was loving and appreciating in them was in me too. And that was something to be proud of. And better late than never. But this is part of the whole reason why I created the Curl Squad and why I've started this podcast It's because I don't want any young curly person to grow up feeling anything less than they're perfect just the way that they are. I want them to grow up feeling in love with themselves from the get-go. I don't want them to have to do years of deprogramming because they're not seeing themselves represented in the media, in the movies, in their dolls, in all different sectors and walks of life, doing all sorts of different jobs. Because when I was growing up, I lacked that. I wasn't able to see people who looked like me at every opportunity and that definitely had a detrimental impact I think that lengthened the road for me to really get to the point where I could finally start to love and appreciate myself and tap into and believe in my true potential and so what I would really love is for this next generation of curly haired people that are coming up is for them to feel represented in all aspects of life for them to believe that anything is possible and anything is attainable and for those of us that have already had to walk the long hard path to self-love and self-appreciation and into creating the things that we want to create because we can believe that we can do it because we've seen people like us do it i hope that we can go somewhere to illuminate in the way for those that are coming up I hope you've enjoyed this episode, hearing a little bit about my own hair story. I'd love to hear about yours. At what stage did you really fall in love with your hair? Have you fallen in love with your hair yet? Do you still have some way to go? Who were your curl icons when you were growing up? As always, it would be great to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram, at The Curl Squad, Facebook too, Twitter as well. This is the bit where it always sounds like I'm begging. Please, if you enjoyed the content, please give me a review. But if you did, please do. Reviews help us to get seen. These are all things that help to massage the algorithms and help to make the content more visible. Because I don't know about you, I always enjoy seeing podcasts that are representative. So uh, give us a little five-star rating. Leave a little review. Let me know what you enjoy. Yeah, it's great because I get the feedback. The algorithms get massaged. Everybody's a winner and I appreciate you for it. So I'm sending love from my heart to yours across the ether. And even if you don't leave me a review, that's fine. We're all busy. We've all got lives to live. I won't hold it against you. (laughs) But um, if you ever do feel inclined, please go ahead and just know that it will be greatly appreciated. And I'll be sending nothing but good vibes your way. So curl friends... I'll look forward to catching you next Tuesday and I'm going to have another guest episode for you. 
it's going to be a good one. So don't forget to subscribe to be notified when the episode goes live. Take care till then. Peace. Oh.